welcome guys Adil here again with another episode of organic fit podcast thank you so much for tuning in today i appreciate your loyalty i appreciate your feedback i appreciate you and i want to know how you guys doing how was the hustle how was the grind how was the journey to be healthy treating you i hope you're not giving up i hope you are continuing this journey because it's an amazing journey that has great things short and long term so today um, I have a friend of mine was introduced by another friend Um, she's great she's a an Amazon bestseller she has a great book out there I'm not gonna talk more about it until you guys gonna uh, have to go check it out we'll put all the the details on the show notes, but it's, uh, uh, her name is uh, Susie Garcia from the SusieGarcia.com. Um, super awesome. She has a street cred, so it's not some, some person that just not <laughs> just heard or used Google University to start preaching health and wellness. She's actually went to school for that. Therefore, um, my commitment to you is to bring educated um, people with academia or street credit to give you feedback or give you advice and help you throughout your journey and share their perspective. So her perspective is super, super unique. And uh, um, I reached out to her to have her on the show for you guys. So, um, and she has some cool giveaways toward the end. Excited? All right, cool. So now without further ado, let's go hang out with Susie. See you soon. Awesome. What's up, guys? Adil here, and we're back with the uh, uh, my friend Susie here from the SusieGarcia.com. Um, Susie, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for accepting to get on the podcast here, and I'm sorry about the back and forth and you know life kind of get, getting away. And uh, but I'm glad we got you back. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Great. Great. So um, Susie is kind of. Um, one of the people that I kind of resonate with her message to on her approach about health and wellness. It's not super um, crazy about, you know, the whole diet thing and dieting and all that. So I really like your message and what you're doing with uh, your approach to health and wellness. But before we get going into um, the topic, we'd love to uh, hear who you are. If you can tell your listeners about yourself and then why did you choose to get this route in the health and wellness space? That'd be amazing. Sure. So I'm Susie Garcia and I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. So that means that I got a bachelor's degree and did an internship, uh, did sort of the typical dietitian path at the time, did some work in hospitals and clinical dietetics, and then also did pharmaceutical sales for a while. And when I moved to California, which I call the bliss of California, Uh, about nine years ago, I finally had the opportunity to start my own company and have worked as a nutrition consultant for individuals and businesses. And over time, just all of the different experiences that I've had have kind of melded together for me to know what is going to work for people, what isn't going to work. It's not one size fits all for a healthy eating plan or even just a little bit healthier eating plan so you're doing something a little bit better than you were doing maybe yesterday or last month or last year yeah no that's that's great and, and I love that and that's that's kind of what we're promoting to and then um, 
So, so Susie is not somebody who just went and looked up Google University and uh, called herself a dietitian, right? Exactly. You actually went to school for this, which is super important because um, what we're seeing right now, there is this huge knowledge dump and there is people that people are just, there's so much information out there and they don't even know who to trust or who to go with. And I, I mean, I'm by no means a nutritionist or anything like that, but I understood my body really well. And I get people ask me stuff about, hey, what do you do? And I said, well, take time and figure it yourself out first before I can give you anything. Because what works for me does not work for you. For you will not work for you probably. So uh, I don't know if you you encounter all that, but um, I do. And you know, the the basic principles of science and nutrition are the basic principles. I mean, basically, what I learned and have grown my craft is taking all of the chemistry and all the science and reading the, you know, clinical studies and turning that into a conversation of what you maybe want to eat and buy at the grocery store that isn't so confusing. And a lot of the messages out there are driven by food manufacturers. So you're getting messages from people that you're buying their stuff and they're making money. And there, there is a lot of confusion and the basic principles really are the same for most people but their ability to apply them is what is so different. So you may be the type of person that has a fairly driven personality and can say, you know what, I'm not ever going to eat gluten again and it's gone and it's done and you don't even care. Whereas somebody else that I can never have it again thought process just doesn't work for them and that's where I'm able to in conversations with people figure out where their personality is so the things that I suggest for them are things that they can actually do so that they don't feel like they've failed yeah and, and that's 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 a really great approach um, so I see that you're big on the entire um, energy and you know, raising your energy levels and things like that. So can you expand really on your approach and, and what what is it, some uh, tips and tricks that people can apply right now to raise their energy levels? What should I uh, should they avoid or anything like you know, in, that, in that space? So if you can talk about it a little bit more, that'd be amazing. Absolutely, yeah. So um, my core program is uh, called Energize Your Lifestyle is the idea because our food is our energy. Also, you've got the whole energetics of the universe. And yes, I'm in California. I didn't grow up here. It's not super woo woo, but it's just really, <laughs> but it's just how it is. You know, if yeah. you, you know, it's the garbage in, garbage out. If you are eating a bunch of crappy processed food, your body doesn't perform well and your energy level is going to be lower. But the thing that I think is important for people to realize about energy, because it does come from food, energy is calories. So we've got two different ways to look at it. And I really look at it as the calories that you're putting in your body. So when you aren't giving your body calories that are loaded with nutrients and good food, you are not going to be able to produce energy that's going to make you efficient. Yeah, that's... Uh... It's definitely something I noticed too. Where um, when it comes to, I think we talked about it about this before, which was, you know, whatever it's garbage in, garbage out. It's the same thing. If you give your body, um, I think the reason we're talking, we're gonna bring that up is when we talked about um, if you eat four ounces of 
expensive organic chicken versus a 16 ounce of a chicken, your body will absorb this better and utilize it better than the other 16, which was just qual quantity. So it's quality versus quantity type of thing. And it's a, um, if you're feeding your body that, then that's exactly what's going to, um, you know, that's well, and absolutely. And, and what happens, and I mean, I've definitely had clients where I've talked to this is because our bodies need a certain amount of nutrients to function. And when you're feeding your body's nutrient poor foods, which could just, you know, maybe it's fast food or maybe it's, you know, that you just menu. don't like, <laughs> or you just don't like vegetables so you don't eat them. What happens is your body will actually crave more of the crappy food you're eating because it's like, okay, I need more of something. I need these nutrients. And because, and sometimes it's just people don't know. You know, even though there's tons and tons of information out there, I get client after client that literally doesn't know the difference between a carb, a protein, a fat, what, what category is a vegetable. Um, because there's so much information, I think they just decide not to know anything. So, you're absolutely right. If you're eating this delicious, you know, organic, pure food, your body can absorb all of it. And it's like, oh, okay, good. I'm done. I don't need mm -hmm. to eat another plate of food that doesn't have any more nutrients in it anyway. Yeah. One thing too, always, I always wanted to ask a dietitian about, about which is the, the correlation between the, uh, we'll call them the emotional triggers, you know, you know, the, the anxiety, the, the, I don't know, depression and stuff like that. And the correlation that with a poor diet, like, um, so that's chemically changes the, the structure in our body, does it? Or, you know, it does. And, um, so I'm an author of a book called psych to be skinny and it's how to stop emotional eating, enjoy healthy weight loss and keep it off for life. I co-authored it with a doctor of clinical psychology. And so it's a little bit of the is it the chicken or the egg type thing? Because mm -hmm. sometimes people will have, you know, perhaps they have a stressful job and then they stress eat because that's a way to, you know, mask whatever is going on. So there's definitely a, a, a lot of things going in there and emotions are a huge, huge play in, in how and how much people eat. And then it does affect their body chemistry because they're, you know, especially if they're eating, you know, not the healthiest foods or even on the other end, people that get really stressed out and then they don't eat at all. Hmm. Then, you know, because you have some of those people that they just have really high anxiety and they're, you know, pacing and they eat two bites of food and then they're full. And so then their body's metabolism gets really thrown off because they're not feeding it. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on for sure. Yeah, and, and, and we have a little time, so feel feel free to expand on any topic. So we really don't. So, well, I, I did want to get back to because you'd asked for a couple tips as far yeah. as energy, and I've got a, um, a a great thing that people can do, and it's super easy. It's two two two. So you want to eat within two hours of getting up. An hour is better, but at least within two hours. You want to try to fit two snacks in during the day. If and again, that depends on how far apart your meals. But you want to go about four to five hours between meals. So if you need more time, then you can allow yourself two snacks and not feel guilty about it. 
And then the last two is don't eat more than two hours before you go to bed. Okay. And that helps. What happens is there's a, a pretty large amount of people that don't eat anything for breakfast. Mm-hmm. So they're not nourishing their body. So they're not giving their body any energy. And I'm not going to go into the whole intermittent fasting thing because that's a little bit more for people that have a hugely high level of discipline and are doing a lot of different things. But for your everyday average person, to get your metabolism going, you need to eat something in the morning and preferably within the first couple hours. And the same thing at night. You'll get people that are, heck, they're eating in bed. Yeah, (laughs) that's another thing is don't eat bed. And I'm I'm always amazed at how many people are like, oh, yeah, I took a bowl of ice cream and went in bed and then fell asleep. And I like for me, that's sort of that's one of those lines in the sand that has always been pretty easy for me. It's just like you don't eat in bed. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm guilty myself, but I uh no, it's funny earlier when you talked about people, you know, they just, they're just stressed and they eat. For me, when I'm stressed, I don't eat and my cortisol level is high. So I end up losing weight, which is when I tell people about that, they're like, oh, you're lucky. And I'm like, oh, I don't think that's lucky because I worked hard to gain muscle. And now right. when I'm stressed, I just, that's the first thing I lose. But it's interesting how we are so different where some people will gain weight with stress and others will just deplete. Mm-hmm. And in, in your perspective, I mean, since you went to school for this stuff, the, what is it, you know, for people who, because I, I don't understand it. I've never been there, so I don't understand that. But where people are depressed and they eat. I think you touched that early, earlier, but it was very briefly like, I don't know scientifically what is it that makes people, so I am depressed, I am um, having, I don't even know what problems, then I'm going to resort to binging and just go and eat tons of stuff is this any um not a trigger but i don't know some some sort of a an enzyme that gets suppressed or something that's going to say hey stop you're damaging your body it yes there is some evidence of that and um since i'm not a physician that's not really part of my okay scope of practice however um i did actually when i told you i sold pharmaceuticals one of the drugs that I sold was antidepressant, so I actually learned a lot about how all of the different antidepressants work, and you have the anxious, depressed people that are the ones that don't eat, and then you have the other um, more, like, I don't want to get out of bed, I don't want to go anywhere, Mm -hmm. depressed people, but a lot of the food connection is really more on a historical, emotional level, so if you have a you know, a child who has their parents that, like, that food is always associated with, you know, an event or a happy time or, you know, something like that. Sometimes if somebody's depressed, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, if I eat these cheeseburgers, you know, when I did that when I was young, it would always make me happy. Um, and it usually isn't an overt thought process like that, but there's there tends to be something that has happened as people are growing up mm-hmm. that causes that, you know, eating to fill a void. Like it's it's right. not really that much different than, you know, people that have problems with alcohol or drugs. They're yep. they're using a substance to fill a void that they emotionally haven't dealt with and it very often goes way back to some habit that 
was learned as a child, um, you know, or parents that will, and I've seen it so many times, you know, the little kids screaming at the store and they say, if you're good, we'll go to McDonald's. Oh my God. I hate that. Like with yeah. passion. <laughs> and it's, you know, and I can, I, I mean, I, I don't have kids, but I can understand the frustration of, okay, I don't want my child screaming and disrupting everyone at the store, but then you're using food as a reward. So it, it mismatches what, you know, what food is meant for, you know, it's meant, mm -hmm. it is definitely, you know, to be enjoyed and loved and, and have, you know, family around, but it's not meant to be necessarily a reward for good behavior. Yeah. Um, so, so that plays into it a little bit. And then there's also, um, and the, the gal I wrote the book with, Dr. Wood, she, you know, had talked about, you know, clients that she saw um, would often use food and eating because they didn't want to have sex with their partner. There maybe had been some sexual abuse in the past or, well, if I stay really heavy, then I don't have to deal with that. So there's a lot of different things that can can play a role um, in in emotional eating for sure. Wow, that's that's yeah, that's insane. Um, and then I think the whole thing about McDonald's now they have this places where kids can go play. They so, do. So the way now it's like it's, it's kind of evil in a sense. I mean, this is my pure personal opinion, but trying to get the kids since they're you know influence kids early on and, and just poison them with that crap. I mean, it's it's just pretty sad. But pretty sad to see that and to see him getting away with it. But again, that's a whole different topic. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I think that the fast food industry, um, you know, they're all trying to do better. You know, there's, I mean, I mean, I worked at McDonald's when I was in college, which is kind of funny, but it actually <laughs> was uh, their processes because as a dietitian, not only do you learn all of the science and clinical dietetics and food stuff, but we also learn everything to be able to operate a food service um, system. So I learned how to spec dishwashers and refrigerators and how to, you know, cost out food and everything like that. So the processes at McDonald's, because they're a turnkey operation, really helped me when I was working in some hospital food service um, jobs because I had learned some really, really good systems. Um, so I, but I think with the food that's offered, you know, they are trying to get better, and but there's some people that they honestly don't care, mm -hmm. which is, you know, and oftentimes that takes a yeah. heart attack or a, hey, you've got diabetes or something that actually makes someone go, oh, wow, I guess maybe I should care about yeah. what I'm putting in my body. But yeah, for the most part, I, I don't remember the last time I ate something <laughs> fast yeah. food but I'm not gonna say I've never eaten it because I certainly have before oh yeah oh we all uh, have <laughs> yeah and but again there's there are better options you know here in California we've got in and out burger which you know they source everything fresh they hand cut their french fries they do a you know a you can do the lettuce leaf on it so that you don't have the bun so you know there's protein and, style <laughs> yeah and, and California we're a little bit more lucky we have a lot of things that are available just Healthy options. Yep. at the grocery store that you don't find in other parts of the country. Yeah, it really is. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's a, um, not going to blame McDonald's and, and I'm, I'm blaming people too. You know, this is a shared uh, responsibility. And at the end of the day, we wake up every morning and then we, we're faced with choices. And then, my, uh, you know, if you make a choice to go to McDonald's, then that's on you. 
not a McDonald's. They're, they're pretty right. business. Yeah. So so now so let's just shift gears really quick and just talk about. So you talked about the the notion of the two two two. Now as far as the physical activities, um, I see that you have more emphasis in the diet in in, in the food. Uh, than the physical activities because at the end of the day that's my approach too I mean physical it, it comes um, well I'll take it back so it's 100% of you know nutrition 100% of um, you know workouts and doing physical activities and stuff like that but with you for people who are super busy and you know this moms with kids and, and whatnot what, what what are some really um, good tips when it comes to working out is it five times a week and is it an hour a day, what is it? Like from, from your perspective or for people you worked with, uh, what are some pointers that you can give our listeners um, right now that they can implement? So the first thing I want everybody that's listening to do is I want you to stand up. There we go, stand up. <laughs> so, and then if you want to sit back down and stand back up again like three or four times, even just in your chair, now you've sort of done some squats. But one of the key things that can really make a difference is not sitting so much. I'm sure you've heard the saying, sitting is the new smoking. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard that before, which oh, yeah. the I think is the, the doctor that invented the treadmill desk was the first one that said that. But there is really good clinical research that shows the detriments of sitting. So even if you are you know, you sit in your car, you drive to work for thirty minutes, you sit at your desk for most of an eight hour day then you sit in your car and you drive to the gym and you work out for an hour, you know, and you do that every single day, maybe it's an hour and a half, and then you go and you sit at home and watch TV, that hour and a half actually isn't doing as much good as if you were sitting, standing during the day. Um, because when you stand up, you have your muscles fire more. When you sit down, you tend to be in a slouched position. It slows your metabolism down. It builds up the fat around your heart. Um, there's one study that I, I don't know the exact link to it, but it was I went to I did some webinar that was basically about standing, but there was a, a study that they um, compared heart attack incidents in train conductors and train engineers. So this is like a choo-choo train, um, and so the conductors were sitting driving the train whereas the engineers were standing, or it might have been opposite, but whichever ones were standing mm-hmm. the whole time, they had less incidence of heart attacks than the people that were sitting the whole time. And so there's, you know, in, in studies you have to make, you know, adjustments for age and demographic, but it was, you know, I think it was all men of a similar age range. Um, so standing is, is huge. Um, you know, I've got my computer on an elevated platform so that I, I pretty much stand up almost the whole day while I'm on the computer and there's some the best <laughs> love those yeah and so and there's some um, you know some projects you want to sit down for mm-hmm. that that you need to or some meetings but I'll, I'll often if somebody wants to have a meeting I'll be like well can we go walk you yep. know or do you mind standing up um, so that's a huge huge benefit for activity and I know some people have you know they might have knee problems back problems oftentimes that's could be related to, uh, you know, being heavier than than they would like to be, and that does add some strain. But even if it's just, you know, of every hour you stand up for five minutes, um, 
one of my favorite things is to do my phone calls standing up and I'll actually use my headset and walk away from the computer so that I'm paying more attention to who I'm talking to. Yep. Um, so standing is a big deal. Another tip would be use some type of pedometer or you know wearable device, a Fitbit, a Jawbone. There's there's many out there, um, and that's if you're a very goal oriented person. If you if you don't achieve things, and, and, and nobody wants to say that they're not goal oriented. Maybe competitive is the better word. Mm-hmm. But if you like to see that, you know you know, sticker on the chart or, you know, milestone. I mean, if you're really driven by data um, as far as achievements, those are great to be able to track, you know, your steps, your activity. And I usually say if you're going to do that, um, get a baseline first. You know, the kind of rule of thumb is 10,000 steps a day. But what if you're only walking 3,000 steps a day? If you bump it up to 10,000, which is approximately five miles, you're going to be really sore and you're not going to do anything for the next five days because you're sore. So it's better to get a baseline and then say, okay, so for the next four days, I'm going to walk a thousand more steps. And then the next, then I'm going to go up, you know, going up about a thousand or so steps every, you know, three to four days until you get to 10,000. Love it. Um, so that's another idea. And then also, um, I, I think the, the other thing with activity is to to realize that something is truly better than nothing and I think a lot of us have an all or none Mm -hmm. uh, type of attitude (laughs) and I will tell you I'm not kidding so Tuesday I got on our elliptical for one minute because I like a phone call ran over and I had a an event that evening and I had to get ready and I was like, oh my gosh, the day got away with me. I'm like, okay, I'm at least going to do one minute. So I did one <laughs> minute as fast as I could. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. Yeah. But it's, you know, part Something. of it is the it's, I did burn a few more calories. And so once you get your heart rate up, you're burning calories longer. But it also was some of the mindset of that mm-hmm. I didn't blow it off. You know, I did something. And you know, and especially people, you know, and I know you have a pretty um, robust athletic background, but I'll find people that were very competitive athletically in, you know, high school or college, you know, they maybe played college ball or, you know, competitive baseball or swimming or something like that, where you're in training and you're doing, you know, two-a-day workouts and, you know, I mean, it's really a lot of physical exertion. Those people often have weight problems later in life because they were so, so, so active at a young age, then they get a desk job and they're used to being able to eat more food and then they end up gaining weight. It's very hard for them to think that a 15-minute walk around the block is going to help them lose weight Uh, or that if you do, you know, I have a little four-minute hit app on my phone mm-hmm. you know that that's going to make a difference and is it going to make the difference of losing you know 50 pounds in the year yes it can make that difference because 100 calories a day either way 100 more 100 less is 10 pounds a year so if you're doing little things throughout the day to burn a few more calories it can make a difference but that particular category of personalities 
it's really hard for them. And so what ends up happening is they don't do anything. It's like, well, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not going to do any good unless I go to the gym and lift weights for 45 minutes and then swim for an hour. And, <laughs> you know, and it's like they have in their mind that they have to have this two hour time commitment to exercise because that's what they're used to from their training. And so then it's like, oh, well, I don't have that much time. So I'm just not going to do anything. Yeah, it's all or nothing approach. And I yeah. actually uh, recorded a video. Uh, which I haven't posted yet, which is um, working with some people too. And it's, no, I need to wait until I get my Fitbit. Oh, let me wait until I get my, you know, Nikes and let me do this and let me do that, which I have to wait until the sun is whatever. I'm like, you just put an excuse and excuses, just delaying it. You're If you start right now and the whole like, I'll start Monday type of approach too. I've talked about it before, which drives me nuts. And it's like, hey, if you if today is Thursday and tomorrow and, and then you're not going to start until Monday. What happened to all these days that you're just going to miss? So it's a really interesting one. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen that. I've been there. I'm not going to lie. We're human. Um, but I do testify to those little tiny workouts or little seven. I mean, there is a seven minute app and there is um, I mean, <clears throat> I travel tons and I get into a hotel room. If I don't go down to the, the gym, I just do push ups, you know, and then just squats whatever just get the pl blood flow going that's better than not doing anything and being down at the lobby at the bar so just my approach my two cents yeah. on that no, one no and 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 mentally it helps oh yeah you know and one another trick that i use is i i do put my exercise on my calendar oh i love that that's good okay and and then also i'll do um and I've, I've tried putting it like, oh, okay, I'm going to put two o'clock every single day. And then that doesn't work because something gets in the way. But I'll look like I have today that I'm going to exercise at 4.30. So that's about, you know, 30 minutes after we get done with our call. And so I have that on my calendar. So then I know I'm going to do something. And that helps keep me accountable to myself so that if it pops up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to go do this. And then I also have a another little silly routine is about can I share silly routines please <laughs> so I drink tea I don't drink coffee um, so when I put my tea kettle on the stove to boil I stretch and then when my tea is steeping then I finish my stretch so I've got a little stretching routine that I do while I'm waiting for my tea to get ready right and then I've and and stretching is super important for you know, longevity and, you know, preventing injury and it's, you know, first thing in the morning and it's, it's awesome. So sometimes pairing a little exercise thing with something you normally do, you know, maybe it's when you, um, I don't know, it could be the same thing as instead of stretching, maybe you do jumping jacks, but mm -hmm. I'm not that awake at that time. So stretching is <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. I actually did that today. Uh, we worked out legs yesterday and when it, we went a little heavy. And this morning, as the, my coffee is brewing, I, I drink coffee than tea. So, uh, and I just sit there and stretch my hamstrings because I know if my hamstrings are tight, that my back is going to hurt. Everything is just going to, it's all, it's all one thing. It's nothing. It's, uh, you know, so if you're stretching your hamstrings, it's going to affect your back. It's going to affect to it's just a recovery of your body. I mean, this is the whole nine yards. So it's definitely a great tip right there. Thank you. Yeah. Um, 
Cool. I think uh, if, unless you have something else to uh, to talk about as far as the you know advice, I think we can move on to the next section. Yeah, let's go. Okay, perfect. So um, Susie was generous enough to kind of create an offer for you guys. So just uh, you know some freebie, whatever. So if you can talk about it really quick, that'd be amazing. Sure. So I have um, well, I have a couple things. I have a free gift that's uh, five steps to clean eating plus five recipes, and so I'd love to give that to your audience. And then I also have a kitchen detox teleseminar. And so it's about a about 45 minute, 50 minute um, teleseminar. And it talks about how you can get ready and sort of detox your kitchen to get ready to that clean eating. So they go together amazingly. Love that. And so I'll um, give you the link. Do you want me to say that now or do you want to put it in the show notes? Yeah, well, we're definitely going to put it in show notes. And it's going to be the SusieGarcia.com slash forward slash organic fit. Organic fit. Perfect. Love it. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll put, we'll include that into uh, the show notes here and um, definitely blast that out to the email list. So hopefully you guys are going to go and grab that offer because that's great. And I love what we said about the whole detox in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, we'll always talk about detoxing our bodies, but um, the stocks in the kitchen is important too. <laughs> it is. It, well, and you know, and and what you'll see in that teleseminar and part of what I do when I work with clients is a big challenge. You know, it might be I hear this all the time. Oh well, I know what to do. I just don't do it. Or oh well, I know I should cook this, but oh I don't. You know, and if you don't <laughs> have something in your refrigerator or freezer that you can turn into a meal then that's when you're going to stop and you're going to get fast food or you're going to grab takeout or you know you're going to eat a bowl of cereal wishing that you had something else um and so part of it is that you know getting rid of things that maybe aren't as healthy for you but also just getting ready to eat better by stocking your kitchen properly yeah that's so important being prepared yep. to succeed yeah love that well, thank you so much, Susie. Um, I, I, you know, I really, really appreciate your time today and inputs and insights that you have provided us and your generous gift. Um, we'll definitely have you again. Okay, that would be, be great. A, thank you. Be amazing. Thank you so much, and uh -huh. I'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers. Okay. Cheers.